Thank you for listening to the Grace Chapel Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Kurt Henman. For more information about our church, visit our website at gracechapel.cc or follow us on social media at Grace Chapel Ohio. So listen, we find ourselves in the study of the Gospel of Luke. Our passage tonight is Luke chapter 20, verse, four, or verse 45, and we'll go into Luke chapter 21 to verse 4. So we're going to go from chapter 20, verse 45, to chapter 21, verse 4. The title of our message is Lessons on Giving. Lessons on Giving. And hopefully you're there. I'm always the last one there to give you plenty of time. So hopefully you made it. Verse 45, it begins. And in the hearing of all the people, that is, you know, for the last several weeks, we have been unpacking the the final week of Jesus' ministry on earth. And, And so there are a lot of things that happen during this final week of Jesus' ministry before his crucifixion. And you remember we saw that on on Sunday that that Jesus comes riding into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey and and the crowds gathered enthusiastically and, and they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they, they put out palm branches, and they were so excited to see Jesus, and they were proclaiming him to be the Messiah, and so he has this great welcome, but it'll be short-lived because those same people who are singing his praises will be saying, crucify him by Friday. And then we saw on Monday, Jesus entering into the temple And for the second time in his ministry, cleansing the temple. Remember, he he was turning over the tables of the money changers, and we talked about how Christianity is not just about being nice. And Jesus looked at the religious leaders taking advantage of the people, and, and he was angry. And so he cleansed the temple, He set the temple in right order, and then the Bible says that all the lame and the blind came to be healed by Jesus. And then we saw on Tuesday that Jesus arrived at the temple early on on Tuesday morning, and, and then he allowed the religious leaders to examine him. He allowed the religious leaders to ask him question after question after question. And remember, we saw that they they questioned his authority, and then they questioned his integrity, and then they questioned his theology, all in an attempt to trap him or discredit him from the crowd, from the people around him. But they failed because Jesus answered their question, and he answered it so well, he silenced them. And that brings us up to verse 45, verse 45 again. And in hearing, and in the hearing of all the people, he he said to his disciples, that is, listen, Jesus is turning his attention away from the religious leaders, and now he is speaking to his disciples, but listen, everybody else can hear as well. And he's telling his disciples, 
don't follow the religious leader's example. <laughs> don't lead like them. Be, beware of, of following their path. It, it looks good to the world. It, 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 it looks like everybody's for that. You know, people applaud that. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't follow their example. Verse 46 Jesus says, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes. That is, they like to look good. That is, their dress said, hey, I'm important. I'm wealthy. I'm happening. <laughs> and love greetings in the marketplaces. Now, this isn't just like, you know, people being nice and saying hi to you out and about the community and recognizing one another. This is talking about that, that public affirmation, that public, you know, acknowledgement of their position in the community. And the best seats in the synagogues and, and the places of honor at the feast. That is, again, this is all about them being recognized for being important, that they're all that. I mean, they, they've got that name, you know, in the community. They're one of those. And so the expectation is, hey, don't you know who I am? I should be treated thus. I'm, I'm important in this community. Verse 47. Who devour widows' houses. That is, they were using their position to profit off of other people. To profit, they, they would take people's gifts that they were giving to God, and they used them for their own wealth. And here, Jesus points out they were taking advantage of particularly vulnerable people. They were, they were wicked shepherds. They, they were bad shepherds. They, they didn't love the people. They didn't care about the people. They cared about themselves. They cared about their power. They, they, they cared about whether the people were honoring them Verse 47, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense. Now, that the Greek word for pretense there is to make bad conduct look right. It, making bad conduct look like a spiritual thing, looking like a real thing. And for a pretense, make long prayers. That is, they were praying to get attention. They were praying so that people were impressed with them. So that, that, that's a bad thing. That's a wrong thing. But see, they were praying so it, it looked good. Because, you know, praying's a good thing, but that's not what they were doing. Verse 47 ends. They will receive the what? The greater common condemnation. That is, the scribes, you know, spent their life studying the scriptures, teaching the scriptures, interpreting the scriptures, and they had every opportunity to know that Jesus requires humility and sincerity and love. But listen, by their hypocrisy over and over again, they showed that their lives were void of those qualities, even though they pretended to be holy and so Jesus says to them, listen, your judgment is going to be way worse than everybody else. 
And so I said to us last week, I said, listen, you know, this verse, this warning is more for me than it is for you. And I talked to you about the duck principle of leadership. You remember that? The duck principle of leadership is this. The head or the leader is held more accountable than the followers. And so listen, you, you get to duck on this verse, so go ahead and duck. And, and, and Jesus is aiming that right at me. And it says to me as a shepherd, as someone who has been given a, a stewardship, as someone who, who studies his word and is to deliver his word, I will be held to a greater account than you. And so listen, go ahead and duck here. But what Jesus says next, no ducky. No, no ducky. <laughs> What he has to say next to us is for all of us. Chapter 21, verse 1. Jesus looked up. That is, Jesus has been, you know, leaning into talking about the insincerity of the religious leaders. And, and as he's teaching, he, he looks up and, and he sees the opposite. He sees a beautiful, sincere worshiper of God. And so he is going to highlight her and point his disciples to follow her example, point us to follow this sincere worshiper's example in contrast to what the religious leaders were doing. Verse 1 again. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the what? The offering box. So I want us to note a couple of things. First of all, putting gifts into an offering box, that is giving, has always been a part of worship in God's design. Second, giving is an act of worship. And it's extremely important to Jesus because he understands that our money is attached to our hearts. <laughs> now, there are a couple of key markers that I've noticed over the years as a pastor in teaching people and walking with people through life. Key growth markers that cause people to get stuck that cause people to stop growing and then listen. Ultimately, what I see, I see them leaving the faith. Or listen, they, they press into those key growth factors and they, they grow in intimacy, they grow in power, they grow in love for God. And some of those key growth factors are this. Uh, a big one is knowing and experiencing our identity in Christ. Absolutely huge, huge growth factor. Your, your relationship will go to a whole nother level when you really understand your new identity in Christ. Big, big. A second big one is knowing and experiencing the filling of the Spirit. So many people are walking in their own strength rather than in the supernatural power of the Spirit. So that's a big one, filling 
of the Spirit. And then a third one is closely related to that because it flows out of it. And that is walking in godly disciplines. That is putting into place into your life godly disciplines, godly habits that, listen, shape who we are and where we're going. And a fourth big one. That's three big ones right there. A fourth big one is giving generously. That is, if you don't give, you won't grow. And ultimately, you'll shipwreck your faith. I've seen it happen over and over again. If you don't give, you won't grow because you can't. Because giving is attached to worship. It's attached to what we really love, who we really love. It's directly attached to faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, one other thing I would add in here to kind of highlight how important giving is to Jesus, and that is this. If you look through the Gospels, over half of the words that Jesus speaks in the Gospels deals with money. If you look in the New Testament, one out of every seven verses deals with the believer's relationship with finances. And so let me ask us tonight, do you think that God cares about our giving? Do you think he cares about whether I give or you give to him? Verse 1 again. Jesus looked up and saw who? The rich putting their gifts into the offering box. Now, if you look at Mark 12, 41, which is the same uh, uh, story in the Gospel of Mark, he actually adds, you can look at it later, Mark 12, 41, he actually adds that the rich were putting in large amounts of money. But what I want us to understand off the top here, Jesus is not saying that's a negative thing. That is not his point. The, the rich putting in large amounts of money, Jesus is for. That is not, that is good, that is right. That's not his point. But he is going to correct some of our understanding about giving. So get ready. And in doing so, he's going to point us to, he points his disciples to a poor widow's offering. So let's take a look. Verse 2, and he saw, that is, Jesus saw. So one thing I want us to note is that Jesus sees us when we give. And we're going to see here, just in the rest of this line, notice, he also sees how much we give. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. That is, listen, by human standards, totally insignificant. That it was less, I mean, that coin is less than a penny. 
totally insignificant amount. You know, that, that's not what plated the temple gold. <laughs> that's not what kept the lights on. <laughs> but Jesus sees things differently. Now, don't misunderstand. He cares about the amount. He cares about the amount because, listen, it points to what we really love and it points to what we're putting our trust in, who we're putting our trust in. Verse 3, and he, that is Jesus, said, truly I tell you. Now, anytime you see that phrase throughout the Gospels, that phrase, truly I tell you, or sometimes Jesus will say, truly, truly, the whole point of that phrase in the Greek is, pay attention, take this to heart, that this is important, I'm highlighting this, pay attention to me, take this to heart. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. Now, the Greek here means all of them combined, not just their individual offerings, which were big, but all of them combined. Well, how is that possible? What is he, what is he talking about? Verse 4, for they all contributed out of their what? Abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in what? All. All she had to live on. That is, when it comes to our giving, God sees our portion, and that's important. But God also sees our proportion, that which we are giving from, and that is also important. That is ultimately, listen, man only sees what is given, but God sees what is left. And he attaches value, he attaches significance to that gift based on what it cost the giver. And so this woman gave two coins, but see that what it cost her was everything. She gave everything. She was going to go without. She was going to fast. She was going to go, get, go without acquiring things, new clothes, for a while in order to give a better offering to Jesus now listen, none of us would fault her for keeping one coin. You know, if she gave half of what she had, that would be very generous. But she gave, she gave it all. That is staggering generosity. But what I don't want us to miss is that Jesus is very pleased with what she has done. And she points to her for us to follow as his disciples and his disciples in that moment to follow. Verse 4 again. For they all contributed 
out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to what? Live on. <laughs> I mean, does Jesus' words make you feel uncomfortable? Am I the only one? The, yeah, it's all me. Thanks, man. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you feel, this is radical, radical generosity. This is all in for God and his kingdom type of stuff. Radical, radical generosity, and it's so different from the mindset most people have when they give today, if if they give it all. For example, have you ever heard, you know, hey, man, God, God doesn't care whether you give or not. You think? Hey, you know, I can't afford it now. I can't afford to tithe now. You know, maybe in the future. Do you, do you think Jesus is buying that? You know, hey, I can't afford to tithe, so I serve. I, I count my service to God as my tithe. Well, do you think Jesus counts that? Over the years, I've had people point to this verse to justify why they don't tithe. And they, they say, well, you know, look here, pastor, it doesn't matter how much. God, God's happy with whatever little we can give. God's happy when I throw 20 bucks in the plate when I'm able. And I, I just want to say the only problem with that thinking is that's the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying. The, the widow's two coins don't point to the least amount that we can give, they point to the most that we can give, that we give all. That's Jesus' point. Jesus is saying, you should give till it hurts. You should give when it costs you. King David used to say, you know, I, I won't give anything to the Lord that does not cost me. Tithing, ultimately, is the training wheels of giving. Tithing is just the starting point. It's just the starting point that God gave in his word to, to hey, learn to, to let go of this world, learn to, to put me first. Here's your training wheels to learn to give, to learn to be generous. That's just the, the starting point, but statistics tell us that, listen, most of us don't have our training wheels on. And so our faith is hindered and our growth is stunted. We stop growing because we're not obeying what Jesus says. I, I can point to key growth moments 
in, in, in men's lives, and I've had men communicate it to me. When I finally learned to give, I started to grow. I've heard testimony after testimony of that. And when we disobey, we, we stop. We're, our faith is hindered. Our, our, our worship is hindered. But, but listen, listen, when we, when we see Jesus for who he really is, you know, he's the king of kings and lord of lords. But, but see, here's our problem. I want to be boss. I want to do what I want. It's my money. What are you talking about? I want to spend it on what I, I'm in control. But Jesus says this, listen, do you, do you see me for who I am? Do you, do you understand who I am, that I am the one who spoke you into existence? Do you understand that I am the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords? And that my requirement from you is total commitment to me and my kingdom. The, the lesson of the poor widow is total commitment to God in his cause. That's it. Do, do, you, do you see me for who I am? And, and listen, because he's a good king, because he's a good king, when, when we get that right, when we see him for who he really is and then we respond to him and surrender to him and say, yes, you are the king. Whatever you give me is yours anyway. You say, listen, give back to me. Live on what's left. And when I do that, Jesus says this, I I'll give you a promise. You put me first, my children. You put me first. I will meet all your needs. It's a promise for those who are following him. It's not a promise for those who are disobeying him. And the reason that he gives us that promise is to free us up to do his kingdom work. He doesn't want us worried and anxious like the rest of the world about how we're going to make it. He wants us winning people to Christ. He wants us discipling our kids. He wants us praying for his kingdom to come. He wants us not to worry about that, to focus our energy on his stuff. And so when we obey him, we find peace. When we obey him, we, we, we align ourselves rightly under his kingship. And he says, listen, I'm a good king. I will bless you. I will meet all your needs. Listen, not all your greeds. I can guarantee that. God said no to me a lot. But he has always met my needs every single time. The righteous will not go hungry. He will take care of us. Ultimately, what Jesus is pressing into here is sincerity of worship. It's truly seeing who he is and then in a practical way really responding to it because, you know, you and I all know that where the rubber meets the road, we can sing, we can show up. You know what's most painful 
yeah, writing that check or whatever the case may be. That's when you really feel it. That, that's when you really say, yeah, I'm in. That, that's when you really say, yeah, I, I believe that. And so here's my question tonight. Where you at? Where, you're at, where are you at in your understanding of who Jesus is? He would say to us tonight from his word, look at your giving. As a church, we've been called to ultimately know God and make him known. That's the way we say it. But we can only know God and make him known if we know God and we are obeying God so that what we're living and what we're communicating is the real gospel, is the real stuff. And so I ask us together tonight, how are we doing? Who are we living for? What are we living for? And Jesus would say to me, first and foremost, but to us, look at your offering. Are you giving generously? Does it hurt? Is it costing you anything? Are you giving up anything in order to bring a better offering to Jesus? Because that's real love, right? I mean, I understand this more as a grandparent than I did as a parent. Man, I'll give up a whole lot to, to bless my grandkid with something better. Why? Because I love him. It's all about sincerity of heart. It's all about sincerity of worship. Jesus wants you. And he wants you to understand that you own nothing. You're simply a steward. And so we got to quit running around like little kings thinking that we own stuff that's not ours. <laughs> it's his. So let's use it for his kingdom because he's coming. If anything, we recognize this world is passing away, right? I mean, these are times where we like, well, yeah, this stuff's passing away. We need to be living for the kingdom to come. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more sermons like this, visit us online at gracechapel.cc.